Welcome back. Welcome to back. To another episode of Fried Squirms. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited uh, about this this particular episode, and I'm just excited in general because uh, it's fun times, man. I've having, I'm having a good time doing this. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, at this point, you guys have heard it, but you just heard our theme song for the first time. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, like I so said, we we've unveiled our uh, our theme song and. Like I said, I hope you guys enjoy it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, you'll notice by this point that we, by the dates and things we reference and the fact we've just talked about the fact, we're, I mean, we're dropping most of these episodes kind of at one point, exactly. but they they were recorded over the course of like a month or so. Yeah, give or take. month and a half. Uh, life just got in the way. But as, as it does. But we're here, and this is this is going to be coming out with basically our premiere. Exactly. Like in a lot of ways, this is our premiere episode. Like the other two are our origins. Exactly. But but yeah, this is all bundled together, so you get a nice bundle package. Right. Um, but it's it's at this point that everything's getting finalized for us in in our time, not out there in internet land. So. We're a little bit more, maybe a little bit more excited than we have been the past couple episodes. Yeah, exactly, because it's everything's starting to fall together in place, and uh, yeah, just it, it makes this uh, worthwhile. The other thing that the length of time that this has taken also affects is how we even chose to do this week's movie. Absolutely. By the time this comes out, this will be old news by at least a month, probably longer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we lost one of the horror greats. We did. We certainly uh, did a month ago. Exactly, and I think that, and I think this is an appropriate way to um, either familiarize yourself with this person, or uh, just be introduced to this this style of uh, of horror. So yeah, I think this is a perfect episode for this. the The story how this even came about, and and something that we just talked about to keep in mind, I, I guess, for the future, and just to sort of give you a glimpse behind the scenes. The day that we were originally going to record the visitor visitor Q episode got pushed off because life happened. Whatever, exactly. I don't even remember what it was. It doesn't matter. It's over with now. But that same day is the day that uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis died. Exactly, and it's it's uh, you call it coincidental or you know just circumstantial, but uh, whatever the cause is, it, it you know it's unfortunate it happened. So this week we will be covering his movie wizard of gore yeah exactly and, I, and for for me um, i'm familiar with several of his films but i feel like this one um it's a little it's a little different from from the norm right but something that that immediately brought to mind though like we we both talked about it as soon as it happened at work and we're like oh well we should definitely do something for oh him. yeah i didn't like, hesitate one second and then I think it wasn't wasn't too long after we sort of sort of started realizing like um we're unfortunately, if, if 2016 has taught us anything, it's that all of our heroes, all of our legends oh, are yeah. extremely mortal, and they seem to be dropping like flies lately. Yeah, and, and it uh, gives a little bit more brevity to the fact that uh, just because you see these, these people on TV or in film, that, uh, yeah, they're, they're still people like you and I. Unfortunately, we're probably living in an age where... Some of these, a lot of these legends that we've been growing up oh, with yeah. are going to start 
dropping off. Exactly, and and there will be generations who, if if we don't familiarize, uh, you know, future generations of of these contributors to the horror genre, then it'll be kind of swept to the side. And that's that's the unfortunate part. But like, so what we're doing, I feel like it gives it, uh, you know, like some some credence, mm-hmm. gives it some some value. But because of that as well. We're probably not going to do a send off every time oh, somebody no, dies. Uh, you know, our our <laughs> our inbox would be filled to the brim. Right, and at a certain point, it would just be like, whose death are we celebrating this week? Yeah, yeah I like, think after instead a while, of doing the movies, yeah, it'd, be, it'd become a little a little morbid. Right, uh, and we came here to do the movies we really like to do, and it's yeah, not that exactly. we didn't like this movie. No, it and has nothing to do with that. Yeah. No, not at all. And depending on who dies, we will still celebrate them in some ways. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we would have if we would have been doing this show when Wes Craven died, oh, yeah. you guys probably would have gotten like a month straight of his movies. Easy. Yeah, no doubt about it. But like, let's say next week you know, somebody else drops off, we're not necessarily going to do another memorial episode next. Yeah. But we do have to get to the stuff we're going to do as well. Exactly. Yeah, because it it can can put a hold to to other things that we want to branch off into. That being said, I mean, we we both thought it was, you know, at least this first time. Yeah, because uh, this this person, you know, uh, Mr. Lewis himself, he uh, was a major contributor to the gore aspect of, of horror film right in its, in its infantile stages so yeah i mean this is a perfect way to introduce yourself into uh, you know early stages of gore right so yeah let's uh let's dig into the guts and bolts yeah absolutely guts and bolts all right so like i said this week we will be talking about wizard of gore like i said i think this was a uh, perfect choice uh, for a Herschel Gordon Lewis film, uh, thoroughly enjoyed watching this film again. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it as well. There's not really, as far as this movie and a lot of his movies, there's not really actors of note. No, no. I like, mean, we could list off their names and stuff, but that's about as far as as their acting careers went. <laughs> Beyond those films, not much going on. Right. There's and it's pretty evident throughout oh yeah yeah um and you have to keep that that in in mind too like as long as you don't have high expectations for the acting um it's still it's still well done but it's it's not uh not your top a casting right and that's i mean maybe that's a good way to just go off the begin you know just to start with so people who shouldn't watch this movie if you really don't like gore exactly if you don't like gore if you don't like movies that you know keeps you kind of anticipating because it, it can meander a little bit right but uh it, it's I, I still find like there's a lot of value to it if you have to have competent acting <laughs> don't watch this yeah this this is definitely not a film for uh for acting students <laughs> god damn it and we're not trying to hate on this movie no, no, we no. both really like this movie no that's what i'm saying it's it's uh like it's definitely not the worst acting i've ever seen but it's not the best either no um and also uh I won't go into the details yet, but I guess, spoiler alert, if you don't like twist endings... Yeah, this one definitely had a twist ending. So, we'll, we'll get into the details of yeah, that later we'll, on. Yeah, we'll spare you. But if, you, if you're the type that... If you don't like nonsensical twist endings... Exactly. This, yeah, because this one, it, it, it kind of goes a little bit off the radar. But, I, like I said, I still find it entertaining. So well, it's still entertaining. Definitely entertaining. 
Uh, definitely wouldn't have guessed that that's no, where not, it's going. not that direction. I think it just might have been something where like, okay, we need to wrap this film up somehow. Let's give it a twist. I think, I mean, we both really enjoy this movie. Absolutely. But, but part of the reason we wanted to celebrate this man is more of just how he, he fits in. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, guts and bolts wise into what we like in horror and horror in general. I mean, this guy is one of the bricks, the the foundation bricks upon which things are laid. Yeah, I I think a lot of people will probably consider him the godfather of the gore. Right. Well, blood was it Blood Feast? Yeah, Blood is Feast often considered definitely. to be yep. the first splatter film. Yeah. Splatter film, I guess you could think of it as uh, the father to what we saw in the early two thousands as like the torture porn category. Yeah, I would I would agree with you there because it, it does deal with those aspects of uh, you know kind of um, keeping your senses heightened. Yeah, definitely. And that's what a lot of this is. Like we said, like if you don't like gore, this isn't going to be your bag. No, yeah, uh, I would definitely. Um, I would. I wouldn't recommend this if if you have a queasy stomach. Uh, a lot of people seem to fall into one spectrum or the other. So I feel like people who weren't able to get into Visitor Q last week. Oh yeah, absolutely. because of the weird sexual nature <laughs> of it. Yeah, that might, one's definitely weird. Might be a little bit more down for this yeah this one is definitely a lot more tame compared to visitor q no doubt and the go- the gore there are parts that look really bad oh yeah for the time period you can definitely tell that but parts uh, oh they're oh I yeah mean, the guy's the godfather of gore exactly like, so you know you have to you have to take the the time and frame and uh yeah i mean just just knowing the fact that that, that he was willing to push those boundaries to give you that effect and they're pushed like it's, oh, yeah. it's pretty disgusting this was what 1970. 1970, yeah. So you got to think that's for for a horror genre of that time period, going out of like your Universal monsters into this type of film work. Yeah, definitely, it's pushing boundaries at that time. Well, and the the way I've always the way I've always thought of it, and I know that you know a little bit. You're you're even deeper in the horror category than I am. But the way I've always kind of thought of it, uh, timeline wise, is 70s was a little bit more realistic violence and terror and then by the 80s they took all of that and they went a little bit more over the top but a lot of it turned a little bit campier or more obviously abstract in some ways exactly and that's that's why it's it's nice to have a historical aspect of of the time that what was going on in society at the time and so it kind of gives you more insight into what the directors were trying to accomplish. So yeah, right. definitely. And then eventually you have a, have a decline to where, like the 2000s where we mentioned you have the torture porn, oh, where yeah. it's like hyper-realism. Super. Yeah, the exactly. And... It, th- then it starts to delve into like how far can you go with pushing the envelope of, of, of uh, film and reality because it, it definitely pushes those boundaries. But... In, in this earlier category in the seventies, this this earlier real, real blood, real gore looking stuff, it it really influences a lot of what was to come. Absolutely, because it was films of this nature, Wizard of Gore, uh, his other movies, Two Thousand Maniacs, there's blood something feast. weird, Blood Feast, yeah, She Devils on Wheels. So there's there's several of those films that yeah, were, Monster Go Go, yeah, push that gore gore gore. Uh, girls right so, yeah um those those splatter movies all had the different framework for for a lot of the different types of movies that came Absolutely. and you don't get 
well, I mean, you don't get Blair Witch without Cannibal Holocaust. You don't get Cannibal Holocaust without this guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, because you, you have to, like, so we have to keep in mind um, what what these these early directors were doing and how it helped others in the the film industry keep that keep it going and, and see how far they can push that that envelope and pass it on to the next. So yeah, absolutely. Right. And that is, I mean, that's extremely tame compared to what we're about. Oh, to what watch. we're experiencing. Yeah, exactly. But you don't get there without this this block, which is which is really why we did feel the need to sort of come here with this movie. Yeah, I kind of it's it's a I think it's a nice origins story for like so for the for the splatter and for the gora. But it also it's kind of nonsensical. Well, it's, yeah, I mean like I said it's God, this movie. It's it's entertaining. Uh <laughs> well, like I said you have to keep in mind like I said it's it's not something that you're going to go uh have a philosophical discussion about. Right. We have the next movie picked already, by the way, people. This isn't always going to happen, but if you're interested and want to start getting ready for the next movie, we'll be doing Phantasm. Oh, yes. But I think sometime soon we might have to do something a little bit higher budget because oh, we yeah. keep running we keep i think this recurring theme so far has been low budget movies I, you know without without really th- like thinking about that aspect of it, it it has become that so far but you know it, it kind of uh it gives you it lets us know that you know hey these movies are relevant as well but right. you know but yeah definitely i want to touch on some some of the more higher budget film definitely yeah uh well we'll have to keep that in mind at some point with one of our future picks absolutely uh because there, there's been quality out there. Yeah. There's been shit out there, too, that I think would still be kind of fun to touch well, on. Yeah, that's, but, that's the beauty of it. But so far, this has been kind of the low-budget show. And this one, it shows at times. I think the oh, budget yeah. was around 60000 Yeah, 60000 So even even back then, that's, you know, I mean, it's decent money, but that's, that's you know, chump change. Yeah. But, but parts of it are really, really good. Yeah. You know, and... Um, it it kind of reminded me of watching some of the uh, the Italian giallo movies a little bit, mm-hmm. just just because of the um, like so the time frame, what was going on, etc. But yeah, it was fun. Cool. So so we can just stop beating around the bush. Let's uh, let's just jump into the the how does that make you squeal? So yeah. we can just talk a little bit more about this gore. All right, I'm ready. How does that make you squeal? All right, so Wizard of Gore. Oh man, it had been a bit since I had seen this. Uh, yeah. I almost couldn't remember what I was getting myself into. It it has been at least I wouldn't say ten years, if not better, since I've last watched this film. Right, and it I liked it. Yeah, I loved it. It was a good time, but man, parts of it were weird and jarring. And oh, right yeah, off the absolutely. bat, the fucking that score that they hit you with, loud and just. Oh yeah, it's in your face, and it's like, all right, you're. It's it's priming you for you know here we go you're you're in it now. Dude, I was sitting there and I flipped it on and it starts up, and it hits it, hits it nice and loud and at you, and it wakes my cat up. Oh man! And dude, he he dug it though. Like he went and he sat down and he watched like the first ten minutes of the movie, nice. just like not even by me. Like he just like went and sat in front of the TV and like watched I said, it. Even captivated the kitty. Right. So that was cool. But yeah. all right, so it pops into it and we get. Montag. Yeah, we were introduced to uh, yeah Montag the Magnificent on stage, and he starts he starts going off about dreams. Yeah, exactly. He he kind of delves into uh, I, w- I would call if you want to call it the the philosophical aspect of the film. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, the reality 
versus illusion and and dream worlds, etc. How do you know when you've wake, woken up and stuff? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it delves a little bit into making you think right off the bat. Is this real or is this a dream? Exactly. Exactly. I was neat. Like, it... I mean, I'm a huge comic book nerd, too, so it kind of, like, some of the themes he touched on, it reminded me of, there. there's a part where this guy is the curse of eternal waking, where he's stuck in this endless dream loop where shit keeps hap- fucked up, keeps happening to him that wakes him up, and as uh-huh. it wakes him up, he just wakes into a different dream. Gotcha. Until something fucked up happens he's to him. He's a repetitive he... loop. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I can see that definitely with this, because uh, later on, we will find out. Right, yeah, and... So that was neat. Like, that was cool. Yeah. Montag was great up on stage. Yeah, it's like, you know, um, the guy reminded me, like, instead of, uh, like, your your cheap man's Vincent Price. And so then you get into this this guillotine sequence with the credits going. Yeah, exactly. Super 70s credit style. Yeah, so he, he's he's already um, kind of enthralling the audience with, you know, these these um, paradigms of reality and, and illusions and... He's like, all right, I want to, I'm going to show you something that'll test your boundaries. And cuts off his own head. Yeah, he he decapitates himself. Head rolls into a basket. Right, which that was cool. So, yeah. Well, this was one of the things, and it happened for me throughout the movie because when he gets his head cut off, stupid, obviously, a doll's head. Oh yeah, absolutely, no doubt Just about it. <laughs> looks, I might, I may have made, like, I might be able to make a better paper mache head. I was just thinking that as well, paper mache. I might be able to make a better paper mache head than the Montag head that we see. Yeah, they were definitely working on budget there. They went to the department store and got a mannequin head. However, <laughs> then when it cuts back to the neck, the yeah. severed neck, oh yeah, that looked fucking gnarly. It looked good. Well, they, yeah, I mean, for yeah, like I said, they did a good job uh, of of making that part of the body look a little bit more, yeah, real. Uh, compared yeah, to the head, it was like it looked fucked up. Like yeah, well, blood. Were, it had a nice, nice kind of anatomy depiction of what it would maybe kinda, look like. Yeah, yeah. it kind of looked like there might have been too many tubes. Yeah, and like no spine. Exactly. You know, like I said, it gives you a nice gory factor. Right. Yeah. No, but it looked good though. Like that yeah. was the point. Like it looked like good gore. Like it was stomach churning in a way. Like yeah. I, that shit doesn't usually get to me too bad. But but no, like I said, they they did a good job of that one. But that's one of the good examples of like, if you don't like gore, don't watch this movie. Because yeah, because there's more good. to come. Yeah, and it does look, it has a lot more uh, yeah, realism than you would anticipate. Then the scene just kind of spins. Yeah, he you know he, he kind of comes out of it, you know, the illusion. And he's just back together? Yeah, he just, he goes from having his head dumped in a basket to, you know, you kind of see like the, the hand picking the basket back up and putting it back together. But you and don't then, like you see the hand. You don't you don't really see him putting it back together. You see the yeah. hand picking it up. Yeah, exactly. You just see it. You know, do whatever it's doing. Yeah, exactly. And then and it then, spins. But the, I thought the funny part about almost the whole film was like you go from these really gory scenes to like it's nice and clean and you know tidy. Right. The the illusion. And, part. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This was all illusion. Yeah. So he was just back together, and I kind of I want to see what it looked like because the the way I almost interpreted it was like. This is what's actually going on, and then like the illusion. This yeah. is what the audience oh, yeah. is seeing. Well, we see a lot of like we see the you know the the audience seeing the head getting picked up, but we don't see like even the head being set back on. The oh shoulders. no, no, what's and I wanted to see even if it looked goofy, I wanted to see what the audience saw. 
Yeah, you know, and, and I think throughout the film, like you said, it, it goes from, uh, are you actually seeing this part, or are you just seeing the, the illusion part? You know, what 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 is which? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, whatever. Cool. Like, I was I was still down. Yeah, right. exactly. We're, we're in it. We're already in it, so yeah. Yeah, so he, he goes, like I said, he goes from that, and then he starts posing uh, kind of, you know, propositions about, uh, you know, what, what people watch on TV and how violence is portrayed on TV. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we're kind of content watching that aspect, but, uh, you know, how far are we willing to see it in, in person? Right, and I almost felt like... I almost felt like it was a little bit on the nose in a way, too. Oh, yeah. Because it was just like, yeah, people are okay with it because they get to distance themselves with it with film, but we're going to show you the real thing. Yeah, exactly. You're already here. And, but you're watching it as a film. Right. But in a way, it's the director boasting because he is one that's known for bringing you the gore effects. Exactly. This is so. being shown the real thing. This is... This is height of the time gore effects where, like we said, like you just saw that the neck looked fucking gory, like it looked exactly. Good, so. And so he yeah he keeps he keeps pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, yeah to, to let you know that hey you know there's there's certain levels of depravity that goes beyond just filmmaking. And then comes one of the recurring things throughout the movie of Montag's hypnotic eyebrows. Yeah, his, yeah, his, I his, felt like it had to have been the eyebrows. The, oh yeah, all of it. Those were some pretty magnificent... Montag the Magnificent Eyebrows. Oh, yeah. If you were online, you would definitely be browsing those eyebrows. There's no doubt. For hours. Yeah, it's... Anyway, so... He... You get a quick cut to his eyebrows. He's like... Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing his, his hypnosis, mind-bending abilities. Then he goes on to, what, talking about being a newfangled magician, basically. Yeah, Like, exactly. he's like, cool, like, I'm going to cut this lady in half. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And he uses his hypnotic eyebrows and gets himself a volunteer. Well, yeah, exactly. So he's, which the theme throughout is he, he gets a, uh, a female participant from the audience, right. uses his mind control to bring them on stage to perform these acts of... Uh, what would appear to be torture and you know, kind of gore, etc. And um, yeah, so he's this is the first one that we get to see. This is his first performance for this audience, right? And so he's like, "Yeah, I'm you know mechanized," and brings out a chainsaw to cut oh, yeah. instead of the the traditional handsaw. You know exactly. So he he yeah he's even mocking the fact that hey, you thought I was going to be this guy coming out with a a saw, you know, give you this this old school illusion. But he brings well, out an electric chainsaw. I guess I should point out they did set up for him being hokey with him doing the water pouring trick. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he the audience that obviously whole... wasn't buying it. No, like... it, it it is. It's just kind of a shticky. Like, okay, this is what every you know magician, quote unquote magician, does. But then he's like, all right, this is how I separate myself from this shticky stuff. Right. I mean, I don't know. I. I grew up, I, I had friends whose, like, fathers owned their own logging companies and stuff. And my biggest takeaway, like, it, it took me out of the scene for a second. Because I'm just like, who is this wuss with this electric chainsaw? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought about that, too. I was like, you know, he didn't have your gas-powered, you know, hand cranker. He came out with a, uh, you know, probably 110-volt. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. I, I tried to... I try to make it okay in my mind. No, exactly. By saying because that we have is, to realize this is a movie. Well, no. The way I, I made it okay in my mind was I said that this is 1970. Yep. There was probably far less restrictions. Oh, yeah. So that that's probably that's a, a chainsaw point. from hell. Exactly. That's a good point. 
that's probably just like the worst like that that it might be an electric chainsaw but it's one that was like that electricity is coming straight from like thor's cock or something oh yeah oh yeah it's it's gonna tear shit up so i was okay with it at that point i'm like this is a 1970s electric chainsaw something just seems harder about that yeah exactly (laughs) and then you know he kind of gets into the fact that you know he wants to prove that what he's using is authentic so he starts to bring out his assistants they test out the authenticity of uh the chainsaw etc and then he he delves right into the abdomen of uh of his victim right which, you know or, or the participant at this time which is uh you know a lady from the audience right which i do feel like it would have been cool if he would have revved that chainsaw a little bit more oh yeah it, no doubt to just really get the blood like flying yeah give you a nice splatter effect but i mean they do it just enough to cut through shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there are certain scenes, yeah, where you can even see, like, you know, splattering, little splattering on the face, you know. You can definitely tell it was, you know, it was done tastefully, let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. It looks good. I mean, effect-wise, I believe it was, like, portions of uh, sheep carcass yeah. with condoms full of fake blood and like, and, like, intestines and stuff that they were cutting through. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, so you, you knew that the gore effect... They were using props, and no, no doubt about it. Yeah, it looked like props, but it looked but no, good. It looked good. Like, it exactly, looked... exactly. No, I mean, it was it like looked... I said, it was in trails. It was real in trails. But um, yeah, like I said, I mean, you, you know what you were seeing. Yeah, you knew you knew something wasn't quite real, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like like I said before, we we said don't watch it if you don't like gore for a reason. It looks like good gore. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you can <laughs> see like like uh, parts of organs kind of slipping out the side, and he's. He's putting them back in, you know. You know, he's kind of toying around, like having a little fun with the entrails, right? And little chunks do fly off. Yeah, like a, a little chunk lands in her mouth, and she spits oh, yeah. it out. She, you know, gets it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like they they start getting some really close in and on the guts, and he's like playing in it. Yeah, like you know, and it, it does. It goes between the audience seeing what what might be something different compared to what he's actually doing. That's kind of the impression that I got. That like they right. were seeing one thing, and he was actually doing another. Right, I felt like that became more clear later on. I felt like this first time around, this first round yeah, with, you the, don't with the chainsaw, really know for certain. I felt like they were seeing, they didn't do enough cuts to what they were actually seeing. Yeah, that's a good point. I felt like they were seeing that because yeah. of they didn't do enough cuts yet, which they do later on. They make it clear later yeah, on. Yeah, no, exactly. I do now understand that the audience was seeing something different. Yeah, exactly, compared to what, like I said, what other magician would would have done in the past. I thought it was really interesting because it keeps cutting back to the audience and they look kind of unimpressed still. Like, yeah, they're, they're still like, like I don't know. Uh, um, and I was just like, and he's just sitting there fucking playing in the guts and shit. Yeah, and, just, you know, like mashed potatoes, kind of stirring his hands in them. No big deal. Yeah, and no, they're, they're, they were cool with that. Whatever. Yeah, and, it, and it's it is funny because, like I said, he's, he's sitting there sawing her up, entrails pouring out, the audience is kind of, you know, unfazed by what it, Appears, you know, it appears to be a little bit unfazed, and then, uh, then she's, you know, she gets up, she's okay, yeah, she's cool, takes her bow, yeah, exactly, you know, they, they, the audience sees she's unfazed, she's unhurt, unharmed, they give the uh, a nice round of applause, she's back in her seat, and that's that's pretty much the show, right? Then it cuts to after the show, exactly, and she's it, walking to a restaurant, yeah, it goes to the restaurant scene, which, uh, um, you know, for people who may have grown up, say. 
for me, like I grew up in the 80s and in uh, mostly in the 90s. I mean, those are the two decades that framed my adulthood. But uh, it reminded me of those old restaurants you would go into with your grandparents, maybe mm-hmm. like the decor, uh, the the seats that had they like the rhinestone stitching on them and things oh, like that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I was oh, like, oh sure. man, this is definitely something I remember going to when I was little. And I don't understand how they. She was basically like a zombie the entire time. I, oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know how they thought she wanted a table. Uh, I would have thought she wanted help of some kind, but no, yeah, they just go to sit her. So. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it was, I guess, business as usual for that establishment. It seemed like right. Yeah, but she was pretty zombie-like. Oh, she no goes doubt. and sits down at the table, just then kills, falls over, kills over, <laughs> and, and boom, guts come out. Guts just and the waitress, <laughs> you know, uh, you can tell she's screaming hysterically, and then. I I think for me later on in the film I started getting chuckles out of it because I noticed there was a lot of dubbing with the screams going on. Oh, you know, right. and because it kind of like right when it cuts back uh, to our first you know female mm-hmm. victim, I saw the waitress kind of smirk a little bit, almost giggle, <laughs> like is this really? Am I really doing this? But I mean, it was. That looked good too. Yeah, those no, makeup I, effects. Yeah, her they did guts a good job. falling out. That looked really good. Exactly, they did a fucked re- up. Get, she did a good job. Oof, and you're like, oh shit, that was weird. That's yeah. that's exactly what happened to her. But we just watched her walk out. What shit? Yeah. So it goes from the from the like I said from the part of her, of her getting sawed in half, coming out of it unscathed, going to a, a restaurant, zombified, killing over with her guts coming out. So what's going on? What's going on at this point? So then it cuts over to an, a couple, obviously coming out of the show. Yep. They're arguing about how good it was. Yeah, exactly. Now, my, the other thing that happened to me with this movie, and it didn't detract from the movie, but it's one where I just couldn't remember people's names. Yeah. Uh, it, it's all forgiven because there's not very many people you have to keep up with in the film. And so, for the most... I mean, Montag was the only one I could remember at any given time. I think for most of my notes... Uh, the guy is boyfriend, and she is girlfriend. I mean, and, and that would be a perfect description of their character and who they were in the film. Uh, I believe later on, what her name is Sherry? Her name is Sherry, and, and uh, the boyfriend is Jack. Jack. Yep, Sherry I, and Jack. I do remember writing down Jack, and I think I figured out Sherry, but I didn't write it down. But exactly. Then I so, it yeah, so they're, they're coming out of, of the, uh, the theater, and they're discussing... Uh, what they just witnessed, you know, the, the authenticity of it, etc. And she's fucking terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is the worst actress in this movie, <laughs> and especially in this first scene that they have together. She, I'm not sure if I would cast her in a high school production. Well, isn't that, and and the the ironic thing about that, or the funny part about that, is I think that might be her only movie credit, along with the boyfriend Jack. So yeah, there's there's a lot of people in this film who who did not go beyond this film as far as acting credits, uh, with one exception of. Of Montag. And here's the thing. it For most of splatter cinema, it really doesn't matter how stiff the no, acting is. It, it doesn't really. Because no. it's about the splatter. It's about the gore. It's about the way it's presented. It's, exactly. As it's long really as it, presenting the gore itself. Exactly. As, as, long as, you, as long as you have a narrative and you can lead that, people can lead you into that story, make it somewhat believable, and then you can go with it. And there's a lot of the films in this genre which, towards the end, as the gore naturally heightens, the plot and the narrative gradually go more out the window. Oh, yeah, because exactly. Because it's, it's always been more about the artistry of the gore, of the splatter. 
Uh, and I'd say that this is no different. Like you, no. you don't need good actors to make this movie. No, exactly. It like wouldn't said, necessarily make it better. No. I mean, they did remake this. Well, they did, and, and you know, and you got to think in relations of how how far in the future they made this. I think that the remake came out in two thousand seven, so you know, we're talking thirty seven years after the fact. Mm-hmm. Higher budgets, better actors. You know, the what you always need to match if you're going to do something like this, is the splatter, is the gore. And yeah, you have to bring something to the notch. table. If you don't have good acting, you have to bring something to the table. Right. And, and so, yeah, he makes up with it in, in you know, copious amounts of gore. But these parts are terrible. Yeah, so, I mean, like, so you, and the, well, the, you know, yeah. You, these you got, parts are fucking like horse say, shit. The, the, the nice thing about it, though, is, like, so you don't have to suffer too long through it. Just a few minutes of, you know, horse shit dialogue. That's All that long defense was just so that I could say that these portions are horseshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, you know, like I said, it's it is what it is. It it's filler for the film. But okay, so we see a crowd gathered around the outside of the restaurant. Exactly, and so uh, Jack, the boyfriend, uses his his press uh, credentials because apparently he's uh, he's in a sports journalism, what it sounds like, and she's a reporter. Right. Um. And so that and so yeah, so he uses his press credentials to get. A, a first-hand account of what's going on. And this and is I'm like, what, you sleazebag, you're yeah. sports. This is a murder. Yeah, exactly. Well, it appears to be a murder. Yeah, he just, he just says, you know, press, let me through, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, and then... Oh, we, I can't blame him. I would have done the same goddamn thing. Well, yeah, but, I mean, but. if you have those credentials, why not? Let's see what the hell's going on. And then this is when uh, Sherry and Jack, boyfriend, girlfriend, discover um, the lady that was on stage who got solved in half at the restaurant... Um, they don't see that it's her, though. No, no, no. You're right. She's, she's in a body she's, bag. She's, she's draped up. Um, but uh, Sherry winds up getting her hand touched. By her hand, which it, is covered in blood. Exactly. And it leaves a blood stain, which is, is a theme throughout as well. Right. And so Sherry gets the blood on her. She yep. ends up wiping the blood off of her. We're good to go. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, we're, we're cued on to the next one. So then I think it cuts to her show? Or does it go to Montag after that? No, I I, th- I want to say it goes from the restaurant scene straight to, uh, yeah, I think it is. It's uh, where where they're back in the news station, if I'm not mistaken. Right, and she has her own little talk show. Yeah, she does. We come to find out that she has like a uh, like a woman's uh, little brief talk show, whatnot about certain subjects, and she brings up the topic of the show it's that called, she had seen. Uh, I have this written down. Oh that yeah, I had to. It's housewife's coffee break. Oh, housewife's coffee break. So this is for the ladies. With Sherry Crawford. You like that? I like that. <laughs> like I said, you know, and that's, I think that's something that, yeah, like I said, for time frame, you have to keep in mind, 1970s, you had more uh, uh, housewives that stayed at home compared to working. So, you know, um, this was a show related uh, to these viewers. So here's the other takeaway I had from this. She is 10 times better smarming her smarming it up as her personality on her show than yeah. she is at being her in the rest of the movie that's a good point yeah because she she does she kills like her because she puts on a little bit more of a, she puts on a little bit of a persona for yeah, exactly. on screen exactly you know and that's that might be the weird dichotomy of that film is like she like said she she acts better within the frame of her character than than her actual character is supposed to be portrayed it's weird but you're right Oh man, and that that just killed me. I I la- sat there laughing. Uh, it was just great. And then, but I mean, that's she uh, she mentions Montag show. Yeah, she did. She discusses, um, you know, uh, how what what we perceive as reality, etc. And she discusses the show that she had seen uh, the night before, and, and how it kind of 
pushed her senses of reality and she wanted to invite him on the show. Right. And that's when she first puts it out there. She's like... She's willing to meet it and she wants her audience to see what she experienced. Which, I mean, kind of a, kind of a dick move, putting it out there, putting yeah. the pressure on like that. But Yeah, whatever. exactly. It's like she's... It is. It's, it's like a phenomenon. Like you see something and boom, you, you, first thing you do, you want to get out there and tell the whole world about it. Yeah, so we go from that and then... um. Yeah, then it, and then I believe, if I'm not uh, mistaken, it goes to um, her asking, Mon- uh, confronting Montag in his dressing room. Yeah, exactly. Or He's, not confronting, but no, no, going no, to talk to him. Yeah, exactly. She's she's wanting to talk to him about the, the previous night's performance. You know, the fact that she enjoyed it, etc. She thought it'd be a good idea to plug him on her show. And uh, he's he's not he has zero interest whatsoever. Right. In that. And his his talking cadence. <laughs> guaranteed him a, a life on stage. Oh, no he, doubt. That man is always on stage, apparently. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. he never lets off of it. And it's not it's almost over. painful, but it's not. Like it is. It, he is the most entertaining part of this movie. Oh, yeah. No, he, he stays in character throughout. And that, that, that definitely lends... Uh, yeah, like I said, some of that, that, the, the comedy aspect of this film, too, because... I chuckled throughout this film at certain aspects because, like I said, it's had some it had some good you know comedy elements to it. And then he ends up seeing the yeah blood like, exactly on her he hand. Re- he refuses to do the interview he initially yeah. exactly until he sees the blood stain that was on uh, Sherry's hand, and which he, isn't actually seeable. But no, no, it's it's, it's seeable exactly. He <laughs> hap- just so happens yeah. to see it. He has that power to see it. He can do that. So he changes his mind and he offers her. A different proposition. He and I thought him. immediately right then the way his switch. Oh yeah, it, it just reminded me of like I don't like a like a porn producer. Yeah, it's like yeah, you could you start hearing this funky bass line come in and you know what's going on. Right. Oh Hope man. Your parents and not he's, oh exactly. You turn that shit down. <laughs> but he's, he's like, like, yep, yep, let's do that. Like, you you should come back to my show, and he's. Before she's even out the door, he's already moving himself into like a plotting stance, like oh, yeah. stroking his chin. Like oh, she yeah. hasn't even shut the door, and he's already starting to. He's starting to put those creep vibes out. Like he's already scheming. And he's like, "It's on." He's like, "You got to come back tonight because there's going to be an all new trick." Oh yeah, I got a new trick up my sleeve, Sherry. You'll see. Right, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, girlfriend. <laughs> come on, girlfriend. All it took was like a little blood stain on the hand. That's all I need to see. Yeah. So like right after that scene, we see. Him going off to the cemetery, uh, Montag, right. that is. And whenever you see him in the cemetery, you know, everything's red tinted. Yeah, it is. It, it has like that sepia filter feeling to it. It's not even, yeah, it's not even that though. It's more just straight no, like, it is. red washed. It, it's just, a, yeah, exactly. Um, which, yeah. like, so I think most of that film, if I'm mistaken, I think it was filmed at night or right there at, at nighttime. Right, but. But the funny thing is, is it's only in that little framing area. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, That's the only there's, time you'll ever see it. There's other portions. On the outskirts, it seems like of the cemetery that you'll sometimes see him walking into, that don't go there exactly until they get right into that little area. Yeah, like that one little, I guess, uh, little grassy knoll going into the mausoleum, and then it's immediately <laughs> red washed. Yeah, and then he's and he's, it always shows you. I guess I thought it was just a gravestone at first, but I, I think it's a engraved tile on the mausoleum. Yeah, it, there there definitely is. Yeah, because like I said, uh, the initial thing is that you see that the um, coffin coming up out of the ground, then you see the actress. Or I mean, not the actress, the lady from the uh, 
from the audience who gets sawed in half. Right, so chainsaw the coffin. Yeah, exactly. And then he like opens a, a tile in a part of the mausoleum and just kind of stows the body in. Yeah, the body shoot. I called it the body. Yeah, shoot. exactly. You know, like, yeah, so you know, he and, has and you, a body shoot. <laughs> what, what I thought was funny too is like before the next scene queued, you can see like where he, where he was like kind of struggling trying to put her in. Yeah, and then accused it too. I think it goes back to the news station. Uh, but. Uh, it always makes sure to show that tile, the mausoleum, that has the quote on it. Yeah. I didn't catch who the quote was by, but you know, that's a good I point. saw the I quote either. was, uh, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Ooh. I suppose I could probably like type that into a search engine, but I'm being kind of lazy right now. Uh, it did, it, in really small lettering, it did give an author on there, but it was really small and I couldn't quite make it out myself. Well, that's, that's good attention to detail because I, I think I missed that. Uh, but yeah, then he pushes the body in the body shoot. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to Sherry talking to Jack on the phone. Yeah, Jack is on the phone with Sherry. Uh, about he doesn't want to go back. No, exactly. Like he's he's like, look, I already I've already been to one show. I'm not, you know whatever. Not it was really cool, impressed. Like whatever. Yeah. And she's she's like you know pretty much discussing about the fact that you know how much stuff she has to see with him. Blah blah blah. And so, yeah, she's trying to persuade him to go in and see that special performance he's going to give her. Right. And so from he, that point... He, yeah, he, he gives in because... Is, he sees it. Does she, does she hint at giving him Nookie for this one, or is that later on? Because I, I know she does a that little, a couple times. Yeah, she does. She She's definitely persuasive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, no, I think it, what, it, what persuades him this time around is he's, uh, he's looking at a newspaper article, uh, from, and he sees the, that oh, woman right, from the, the show. Brutally murdered or exactly. weirdly murdered in a restaurant or something. Exactly. Yeah. So he, I think he's starting to kind of see glimpses of what's going on a little bit. Right. And so he's like, cool, yeah, let's do it. They're back at the show. Exactly. We see the first bit of the... Mon- well, we don't see the very first bit of the Montag Act. They cut out the, the self-decapitation this time. But we exactly. still see the water. Yeah, So yeah, exactly. So you're, he's kind of like, all right, we're... Thanks, Sherry, for bringing me to this horse shit that right. I saw the night before. Audience is still unimpressed. Exactly. Uh, then Montag announced this time it's going to be a spike to the brain. Exactly. So, yeah, he goes into a monologue about, uh, yeah, you know, I guess what I would call trepidation or trepidation. Mm-hmm. Putting, you know, putting objects, specifically nails and stakes in your, in your skull, brain. Right. Um, what I thought was weird was this time, the first time around after he announced what the trick was going to be, he just hypnobrowed, got himself an audience member. Yeah, and I even wrote down that this was a little bit more attractive female from the audience to go around. Right. Well, the weird thing that I thought about this one was he didn't just immediately hypnobrow. Like he starts like calling out the audience. Oh yeah, no, he's he's definitely like he starts is, getting on their who case. Who is going to be my volunteer? Yeah. Right. Meow. Yeah, the, do this shit. <laughs> yeah, who Come now? on, you wusses. Yeah, Let's exactly. Do this shit. I, you know, I've already bored you enough. Who wants some entertainment? And but the theme once again is he needs a female participant for mm-hmm. this for this uh, magic trick. And illusion. eventually, hypnobrows. Yep. Oh yeah, he definitely. I mean, that's that's when you know he got him. So yeah, he brings her on stage. Well, the weird thing I thought about that there was mm-hmm. another weird thing to this hypnobrows. Okay. Because it seemed to be a two stage one. I noticed. Oh yeah. He first seemed to hypnobrow. The girl's boyfriend. Yep. He grabs her. Yeah, he and throws her, her into the aisle. Yeah, that's a good point. And then Montag hypnobrows her. Yeah, because she's she's yeah, you just instantaneously like I have no interest in being that person. 
until he boom he gets her. But at the very end of the act, when everyone's leaving, they don't leave together, and he doesn't seem to be worried. Exactly. So I'm wondering if the hypnosis had an effect, or if they were even together, or if he just hypnobrat some random dude That's to hug this chick into the aisle. That's a good point because it was never inferred either way. Anyway, just something I noticed. I was like, oh, that was weird. Like, huh? Okay. Anyway. Yeah, because yeah. like he he just he snatches her up and boom automatically uh, volunteers her. So yeah, exactly. Uh, but then Jack goes up. Oh, so then he gets an, uh, a volunteer to inspect the spike. Yeah, he wants Jack. to make exactly. Jack is like he's like I'll do it. Yeah, because he's he's kind of you know he's fed up with with it at this point. He wants to put an end to like these shenanigans or what he appears to be shenanigans. So he goes up. It's solid metal. Solid metal. Solid metal. Uh, anyway, it's metal. It's going to be super fucking metal to fucking pop a hole in this chick's head. Oh, yeah, right in her skull. Right. Jack goes back and sits down. Montag starts going to town. Yeah. This is when it started getting more obvious that the audience was seeing something completely different. Exactly, yeah, because he's, he's driving that stake through her skull. Like, uh, I guess it would be her, like right, right around her temple area. Right. Driving it in. And it even kind of looks, it almost looks like he's doing it behind her head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I guess reality of what's going on. Yeah, well, like I said, it, you still have to keep in mind that it's... Semi-reality. Yeah, reality. However, illusion. I mean, one ends up affecting the other, so I Absolutely. guess I would call it more reality than the other one is. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, he's he's pushing more boundaries, more envelopes. Right. He's not just putting one hole in her skull. He puts multiple holes in because he ends up ripping that brain out. Yeah, he's playing with brain matter and... Uh, what goes from like playing with her hair, you can see like a mannequin head once again. Right. You can definitely see the budget coming out in this film. Oh god, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, that mannequin look didn't know. Oh no, that because did yeah, because he's playing with the hair, and you can tell it's all matted. And... The mannequin looked kind of dudeish. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where it was a really pretty girl. No, she was super attractive. Uh, yeah. No doubt about. It. I mean, even in my notes, I wrote down like, "What was sexy blonde." Someone's great grandma right now, but but that was the thing. Like the the doll looked bad, but the brains and shit coming out, those all looked once again. Yeah, exactly. Like so you were... have to you have to kind of look at past a little bit of that that you know budget restrictions and and the gore factor was what made up for it. And he's just sitting there delighting in yeah, it, playing he, in it. He's, he's very he's very into his craft. He ends up fucking like playing with the eyeballs. Playing with the eyes. He doesn't. At first, it looked like. I thought he was going to gouge them out. I thought he was going to gouge them out. Well, the, at first it looked like he squished the one. Yeah. But then they showed him pushing it around and it wasn't deflated or anything. So I think he just squeezed it a bit. Yeah. He just yeah. sort of, he wanted to see if the grapes were ripe or something. Yeah, I yeah. I don't fucking know, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was getting off regardless. I mean, to the audience, it looks clean. Just yeah. this weird in and out of the, of the, of the spike. They kind of still look unimpressed. Yeah, it's like, man, these this audience is kind of stale, man. Yeah, they're they're just kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah, because you know, even after even after all his performances, will be fine now. It's like they just they get up and they leave, and that's it. And I'm like, wow, this is this is unlike any other experience I've ever seen in theater or seeing a show in person. It's like I don't immediately just go home. Yeah, so they go from that. Like I said, she she appears to be fine. Mm-hmm. They give a yeah. You know, they I will say this though, they do give rounds of applause every time that it's over with. She right. re, they return back to their seat. The the participant 
and then they just go. They just yeah, leave. They just, just leave. And, you know, and for me, which I thought was interesting too in this film, is like no one ever questioned the person who was on stage who participated. Like, what was that like? What happened? Yeah. They, they just, just assumed, like, okay, that was just part of the act and went about the business. Right. Well, he does respond to that later on that people might be thinking that they're plants or whatever. Yeah. But that's th- a good th- point. that comes later. Yeah, much uh, later. They always act zombieish and shit too. Oh, you, yeah. you would think somebody would be like, "Hey, are you okay, honey?" Like, yeah, I mean, like, well, that was weird. Yeah. So right after that, yeah, right after that performance, uh, Jack and Sherry show up backstage. Um, you know, and they're they're talking about, or they're confronting him about uh, the dead lady from the night before, uh, the performance before. Right. You know, and of course he's he's on the defense. He's you know, had nothing to do with it. The the thing that the thing that stood out to me about that actually was once again just a stupid little inconsistency. But Jack mentions her being found in a booth and we see her getting sat down and it's not at a booth. Yeah, exactly. She just gets sat at a table. At a table. In exactly. And, and another uh funny thing about it is like when she's killing over, uh the establishment I think they put down some, some plastic to keep her <laughs> to keep to keep it uh, you know, from messing up the carpet, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, you're right. And and Jack kind of calls him out, but another recurring theme throughout this movie that first peaks us out up here is that everybody in the world wants to make all the excuses for Montag. Yeah, like he's he's just a magician, dude. He, just, he, like, he kind of defies his own argument after a second, and it's just like, oh, never mind, it's cool. Like you, you can't like, have been you anyway. Whatever. Yeah, whatever, man. You got you're just a magician. But that's not the first time. Like no, at every turn throughout this movie, because later on we're gonna start getting the police involved. Oh yeah, people are just like. Well, no, no, it couldn't have been him. We we got this and this and this to worry about, but we don't have to worry about this, not yep, at all. Exactly. But it it makes sense. Like you you wouldn't. No, and like I said, and it gives it gives a good, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, more. It gives him more credit to the fact that he's an illusionist. He has mind control. He can change the whole narrative of people's perception. Right. You know. So yeah, why wouldn't he be under the radar if that's if he has those abilities? Uh, I did. I did love how much of a dick that Montag was when he tells her that he's he's reconsidered her offer, and it's still a no. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like, you know what? I'm still not doing it. Yeah, exactly. But then you know, I, I think he also he sees that he's seen that blood stain on her, so he, he kind of he's. I think he's wanting to to do something larger than just giving away the trade secrets and giving a an ordinary interview. Kind of hits around at that too. Like he's he's. Bigger than that. Right, he's going to do something. Just mind-blowing. And then he comps them tickets for another night. Exactly. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to show you something new, something different. Right, Jack still doesn't really want to go. No, Jack doesn't. He's, whatever, he's a sports guy. He wants to check something else out besides these performances in theater. Right, but this this is one of the times where she makes it really clear. Like, when she's convincing him to still go. Yep. Like, hey, you can get some if you do. She's like, you know what? And he's like, all right. If you keep playing your cards right, Jack, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Yeah, so, you know, like, they're fooling around, whatever. And uh, she's like, you know, not tonight. Just you know, show up tomorrow in different ball game. And uh, once again, she's, like, I guess fooling around trying to open up her her, uh, her her door. And you see the blood again. She sees the blood and, you know, continues right. to wipe it off. So, yeah. And then we see the second killing in the paper. Yep. Jack's back. Uh, he's got another paper. Yep. Another killing, same same thing. It's it's Montag related, the performance, or it appears to be at least exactly. At least we're seeing some kind of um, 
you know, some kind of uh, repetitive action going on. Right, and he uh, he calls up one of his reporter friends about yeah, it. Yeah, he calls up his reporter friend. He wants to get some clarity, like, is this really happening? What's going on here? And the guy seemed really weirdly, like, 70s schmoozy. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And really casual, laid back, especially for what he was just reporting on. But he's like, yeah, whatever, I can get you those pictures and shit. Like, yeah, exactly. You check them out, you know, whatever. Then we cut to Montag in the morgue. Yeah, he's in the morgue with... Uh, would appear to be maybe with the coroner or, you know, somebody related to... The morgue attendant is yeah, what I wrote down. Exactly. And uh, so... And he hypnobrows him. Boom. Hypnobrows him. Snatches body. They just... Either they didn't find the body for a couple days or the timeline's really fucked up. Yeah. Or he didn't kill him with this hypnobrow. But he did immediately start bleeding from the nose. Yeah. And was just kind of frozen in place. And, you know, and I like later in the movie, too, he's just kind of like... Later spacing. in the movie, though... What appears to be three or four days later in the movie, they announced that they found that somebody killed the morgue attendant last night. Ah. But they might have just not found the body for a couple of days because I doubt people were heading down to the morgue all that often. Yeah, I don't think their technology was up to date in terms of uh, filing. Either that or maybe this first time just zonked him a little bit and when he went back some other time it did kill him. But he did start like immediately bleeding from the nose. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's, that's, that's a good point because there's, there's a lot of... Um, if, if you if you delve too much into like the what ifs, like why why aren't they explaining this a little bit more in detail? You it kind of like you know kind of excuse away. But you're right, there's a lot of unanswered questions going mm-hmm. on. But then we get what what ends up being a very familiar sequence throughout the yep. movie of the red cemetery. Yeah, I do like that. The uh, the plaque on the the yep. mausoleum and body him shoving a body the into the chute. Yep. So yeah, so like I said, he, he this is a recurring theme now with uh, Montag. Right, so, at which then we pop back to his show. Exactly. So now we're back at his next show, the performance that he promises. And I think we skip, we skip the first two bits this time and go straight into his performance. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think I think he still need calls for an assistant. He's going to do a punch press this time. Exactly. So yeah, he brings a gentleman on stage to to check out, you know, the block of wood, whatnot. Right. Yeah, you know, does the punch press. Where and. Oh my god, the build-up for that punch press going through the plank of wood. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? It took like, forever, this dude. is just the test. Like, we don't have to, like, <laughs> sit here and build up this going through it for 45 seconds. Like, Gosh, this is man. the worst thing. Exactly. So, like, so there, there's parts of that film that meander, and that was one that just, like, it's kind of painful because it took forever for him to, to rotate that wheel. And it finally goes down. Yeah. And, okay, cool. It pushes up. Exactly. It goes through a board. Yeah, it goes through a board, and then he. Did you it have any up. doubt? Yeah. <laughs> was there? A, you know, this this is a part of this is one part of the film that I did enjoy. Was after he punches that that hole through the wood, he puts it around the dude's arm. The dude's arms and sets him on his way. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. He's like, "Now get out of here." Yeah. Hey, have, have fun, kid. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, get out of here. I thought that was funny, man. That, like, so that was that's part of the, like those little things in film that makes it worthwhile right so he gets his female assistant hypnobrows again i think probably yeah he that's definitely his thing he he winds up getting the dude to grab the female participant forcefully gives you know makes her join and then she gets hypnobrowed okay right right yeah so that's kind of i guess that's how he's getting his victims he's hypnotizing dudes to involuntarily give the the, the female uh, patron next to them 
Right. Yeah. Now, I thought for sure he was yoinking her necklace when he took it and just hucked it off stage. He's like, yeah, he's he like, does I don't back want to end. ruin this. He does give it back at the end, but I thought for sure he was just like, necklace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, um, she's hypnotized. She's not going to remember this. Right. And then, so he sets her up on the punch press. And this, I, I ended up making this note in my notes. <laughs> note in my notes. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> That if this movie was being done in the 80s, yeah, he would have made her be topless in this scene. Oh, no doubt about it. You're gonna, you're gonna see some nipple, right? But we don't get that. No, we don't. We don't. And, and in know, fact, her pants are extremely high waisted, so they are, even mean, though bare midriff, like it's kind of like half a midriff and it's like the top half. Yeah, I mean, you're just seeing not that there's anything wrong stomach, with that and yeah, that no. I need more, but it was something that that stuck out to me because there, there are different trends that follow throughout different timelines in horror that's a great point you know but even even when i was looking at the fashion uh of of the ladies that were on stage his his participants Mm -hmm. um they were i mean for that time period they were wearing some some high risers yeah skirt wise and you know showing off some of the leg but beyond that not much right yeah and and that was just something that stuck out to me she would have guaranteed they would have found some way to make her topless in that scene if it would have been like a mid 80s movie mid to late i'm not gonna argue with that because yeah you would have seen it all throughout the 80s so then he starts to punch press her yeah once again like i said that punch press takes takes a while like if if that's your mode of uh it was less time though because it doesn't take nearly as long to get down to her torso than it did to that thin ass fucking wood plank yeah, that's a good point. And it starts to just tear her shit up. Yeah, it's shredding her. It's shredding her entrails. Once again, you start seeing the guts and the entrails, organs oozing out. And then he just starts, like, maniacally playing it. Yeah, like, he, that's that's his gig, man. He, he gets off He's on that stuff. He's having a good time. But you start getting the audience cuts again. Yep. Audience cuts. And it almost looks like it's going behind her again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you do, you do get different perceptions uh, depending on which angle you're you're getting it from. Mm-hmm. And then you get the close back up of him, and he's... He's playing with the entrails. Like he's, he's just going to town. Yeah. But like, it looks clean to the audience. Looks exactly. nice. She looks unharmed, gets up. He gives back the necklace. Gives back the necklace. Audience applauses, sends her back to the seat, and... Then the, you cut to Jack and Sherry having dinner. Yeah, they're having dinner. An extremely know. long ass away from each other on the stupid table. Yep. Like the, they have this table and it, they have the long way in between them and they're, which you know, like you they're said, like a good like four foot away from each other, talking at each other. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, as far as eating dinner and conversating with a person being that far apart, it's it, it's it's weird, man. But anyway, whatever. They they're talking about the show again. He still just doesn't seem to be having it for the most part. Like that that's. Almost the the most exposition we're getting at this point, other than I think he starts to broach the fact that something seems fishy. Yeah, exactly. So th- I think at this point they're starting to give uh, more thought to the idea that there might be somebody in the audience who's who's Doing like shit. yeah, who's like you know trailing these these ladies afterward, you know, messing them up, and then pff, we get our murder victims. Yeah, uh, but eventually the fact is is you get to the end of the conversation and he's basically just. Anyways, I came to get some, <laughs> yeah. and they move to the bedroom. This, I think that happens like twice in the movie. Once again, if it was the 80s, we would have gotten nudity. Oh, yeah, we would have had at least... As soon as she hit the bedroom. 
had some steam action going on. The weird thing I thought in this, though, was they lingered on them for a weirdly long time for nothing being shown. Yeah. like so there, I mean, there, there are certain parts, I think, there's just fillers. Like, there's filling... Like, they, they show, like, the first, like, good, like, ten seconds of them just, like, sort of getting, like, nestled into, like, making out and shit. Only then to be like, oh, nope. Yep, nope. All with, like, the, the porn music change, though, and shit. Yeah. And, I mean, Lewis did work on, like, some nudie cuties and shit in oh, his yeah. early career and shit. So, I'm wondering if maybe that was a holdover. Could have been. Yeah, that's a good Style-wise or something. I, I'm not sure, but, like... It's almost like, you know, if we keep filming them, it might turn into a porn. Yeah, it's like, exactly. It's like, we'll see where this goes. But then it just, you linger on them for an uncomfortable length of time, and then it just fades out. Or, I can't, I, it might have been a wipe, I don't remember. But. Yeah, either way, it's, uh, like I said, and, and then we go back uh, to the fact that now there's a, uh, a gentleman who's discovered the body uh, from, this, from the female of the, the show. Right, and I did notice, so, towards the beginning of them starting to get it on, the phone rings. Yeah, that's a good point. And he takes it off the hook, and they show his buddy in the hotel room trying to get a hold of, or at the hotel room desk, or the hotel desk, not hotel yeah. room desk. And he's like, whatever, da da da, and it cuts back to him, and he's calling again as soon as they put the phone back on the hook. Yeah. And it looks the exact same, okay. and I'm like, <laughs> dude called back 30 seconds later. And he's good to go. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude just gave, like, he's a three-pump chump, right? Oh, yeah. He, you know, but then they give expository coxmanship. And the guy immediately has to be like, man, I've been trying to get a hold of you all night. <laughs> exactly. Man, you're a hard guy to reach. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm supposed to believe that he's wearing the same exact thing 12 hours later. Yeah, exactly. No, but hey, like Standing said, in the same position at the hotel desk. Exactly. And then, like I said, that's, that's kind of the, you know, like I said, you, you, you take away these little, little aspects of the film, and they're funny, man. I think they're, you know, it gives you a little bit more amusement to it. That's about the level of the acting, too. Not for that guy. That guy's a little bit more schmoozy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, can, I don't know if I can quite do his cadence, but yeah. uh, most of the movie, it's, hey... I've been trying to get a hold of you all night. Yeah. Hey, um, would you like to come down to the station and look at photos? Man, it couldn't possibly be Montag the Magnificent. No, wait. I saw him last night at the show. But that, I mean, that's the dialogue that you kind of get. You yeah. Know? Anyway, sorry. I, I just need to keep ragging on it. But yeah, like I said, it, it is, man. It's, it's, like I said, there's a good reason why these people didn't act beyond uh, this, this film credit. Right. Anyway, so they get the pictures and end up going and getting the police involved. Exactly. They're they're confirming that these were the ladies that uh, were on stage when these illusions were occurring, and now they're they're murder victims. So there has to be some kind of tie between the two. Right. And the police once again are quick to to write off Montag. Yeah. No, there's no way. Like there's there has to be uh, some kind of somebody's in the audience trailing these ladies and then doing like a, a copycat murder. And so they plan to st stake out the next volunteer base. Yeah, exactly. That's what it all ends up boiling down to. They keep saying it's really weird that they keep not finding weapons. Yeah, it's like, you know, we see these, these like, entrails and these grisly deaths, but we never find a murder, uh, you know, weapon, like you said. And then we get the recurring cut yeah. of Morgue. Yep. Red Cemetery. Precisely. 
Plaque on mausoleum. Plaque on mausoleum. Body shoot. Going into the shoot. Bitch, that's all you need shoot. to know. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's, yeah, that's, don't ask questions. That's all you need to know. So then we're back, back at the show. Yeah, back back on the show. Just like that. Yeah, exactly. So we, you're, you're getting quick pans, certain scenes, but when we went back on stage, uh, this time he's got, this is the curveball effect that he threw at uh, the detectives in Jack and Cherry in general. Right. So now we, he's got, got, we got a two for. We got a two for one. Sword swallowing. Some, we got some swallowers going on. Jack forces himself to be the volunteer. Oh, yeah. No doubt. He He's like, I gotta check out this fucking sword. He's like, look, man, he Montag's testing my patience with this shit. Let me see what's up. Right. He goes up there, tests the sword, so it's real. Yeah. Whatever. He's getting off stage. He has blood on his hand. Yeah. No, he's got the blood stain. And Montag sort of has to yell at him to get the fuck off stage. Because like, he stops for a second. He's like, what the shit? Like, yeah, exactly. He's like, stops I to asked you back off. to your seat. Yeah, he's like, get the fuck out of here, man. Just so, <laughs> right. And then we get Montag and his volunteers. Yep. And yep. basically it's a forced sword deep-throating. Yeah, he's like, he's just kind of gagging him. Kind of and like honestly, I kind of felt like this was the weakest one out of all of them. Yeah, out of all the ones that we had seen up to this point, this I was kind of yeah. hyped going for a twofer. Yeah, I was like, come, yeah, he's what's going on here? And it's not that the the effects weren't good; it's just there wasn't much to it. It was yeah, him exactly. shoving a sword at their mouth. He had potential with with, with the blood victims. coming out of it. Yeah, and, and he chose to go with. Almost like an old carnival act that's sword swallowing. Right. I actually thought it was more impressive what the audience was seeing, yeah. which was them, because this wasn't like fakie behind the head. It looked like he had sword swallowers on stage. No, I agree. I, you know, I honestly thought that these ladies that were on stage were professional sword, uh, sword swallowers. It, I was way more impressed by what the audience was seeing yeah. than the gore for once. No, I agree with you there. I totally agree with you there because it it honestly looked like said that, that he was putting in and tactfully taking out the swords. Right. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. Not to say that the gore was bad. No. It was just... But you, you, all we, it we was was him on. sort of jabbing at their mouths for the most part. You, you eventually see what couldn't have happened <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, of him cutting out their teeth. But oh, there was no roots think, to them. But think about all that damage, too, like in yeah. your throat and your esophagus, you know, all the stuff inside, man. And the angle he was going at, there should have been something popping out their back and shit, yeah. which they, they neglected to show, which, considering what we had seen up to this point, seems like something they would have went for. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But, yeah, they, they neglected that, that part of... Because that was a long sword he was jabbing in him. No, no, no doubt. I, I just thought the swords didn't look all that good either. Nah, I mean, they, you know, they were what they were, man. Yeah. I mean, they were, like I said, they were, they were swords, but they weren't anything magnificent. Right, so then we have the girls leaving. Yeah, he, he unbounds them because they had, he had, had their arms vertically bound. Mm-hmm. Unties them, shows that they're unharmed. Jack and Sherry sit around in the audience for a minute. Yeah. But they're like, oh, well, we just got to leave it up to the cops, I guess. Yeah, and so the cops, you and know. So we get a following montage of the different cops following their different places. Exactly. They realize that there's a curve or there's a, there's a cog in this wheel that they did not anticipate having to, to, to trail two ladies. They were only anticipating one. Right. Yeah, so they split up and follow both of them, different detectives trailing uh, two different uh, females. In extremely blurry looking footage. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. With just completely dark. And like that that's why I was like, you can definitely tell this was shot on low budget. They were working within a certain time frame because all the shots were at night. For the most part, I couldn't actually tell what was going on. No. The only reason I knew that the cops was following her in the car was because there was all you could see was two sets of headlights. That was it. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all was going on. Uh, and when they right, you could there was a streetlight somewhere nearby when they initially got into the cars. So you knew that they were cars that they were. Yeah, they were using. With. They were using a little bit of uh, ambient light <laughs> because that's all they had. But yeah, yeah, it was super, super dark. You, you kind of were like, okay, what's going on? You don't know really if, if she's being followed by a cop or, you know, what. Right. What well, there's two of them. And exactly. So there, one ends up stopping at a red light. Yeah, exactly. And the other one gets to their house. Yeah, the other one zombifyingly walks inside their, their apartment, home, etc. Well, the one thing I wrote down, her little walk up to her house mm-hmm. was my favorite shot in the entire movie. Yeah. And, but I thought for sure what was going to happen was that when she got to the door, she was going to stop, and, yeah. and it was going to happen. But she walks all the way up and goes in. Yeah, she goes in. And like but said, that little walk with her weird little twisted yeah. walkway and the way her house looked. That was looked, a good shot. That was a really good shot. It was my favorite part of the entire movie. I would I would rewatch that on a loop. I really liked that for some reason. That it's was just a good that shot. I thought for I, sure I that she that. was going to die at the very end of it. Yeah. Which she does, but it's she steps inside the house first. Exactly. You find out, I guess. Yeah, well, I see, you know, it kind of, it, it leads you up to that point. Yeah, so then then the detective jumps out from the first lady that, that was getting trailed. She's slumped over at the the red light, the traffic light, because she didn't go through. Right, it turns green and she's still stuck. Yeah, exactly. There. So he's like, you know, what's going on, etc. Opens the door and she slumps over and she's dead. Uh, and then I, I believe from that point it goes to the, the lady that we just talked about walking eerily up to... Perhaps. Yeah, exactly. She gets discovered as well because immediately she screams or lets out a yell, and, and the, the detective comes up. And exactly, and you know, pops and, in the door. And... <laughs> the, that detective that was training on her, and even at the uh, the precinct, I guess you won't call that. Um, he he looked a little like Louis Anderson. I don't know if you're familiar with Louis. Yeah, yeah I know <laughs> Louis Anderson. <laughs> I was like, he looks a little like like a young Louis Anderson. Well, here's the other thing I want to point out is that. I can say that she, the one was stopped at a red light and didn't go on green, mm-hmm. and that he heard something and went in, yeah. only because of the expository dialogue that came after. Oh, yeah. Because those scenes are shot so blurry and so devoid of anything <laughs> that you can't actually tell that that's what happened. You that's don't know point. that the light turned back to green. No, you know, that's a great point, yeah. But immediately, when they're back in the station, I, I think they're back in the station somewhere. Imme- they talk about it immediately afterwards. Oh, yeah. And they immediately talk exactly what happens and they tell you what happened. Yeah, I mean, they were thorough. In case it wasn't clear. It's like, hey, look, we, we did our job. This is what happened, you know? And still, dude's really wanting to believe in ninjas. The one detective's like, well, there could have been somebody laying in wait for her. Yeah, like somebody was out. Somebody was in, yeah, in the apartment. Somebody was in the back seat. And somebody was in the back seat. And in the 30 seconds you weren't looking when you were getting out of your own car, he jumped out of the back seat. Man, that's a badass. Both those dudes are ladies, whomever they uh, were portraying as the murderers. There were some badasses if that was their, their idea of murderers. Right. The one detective's just like, no, this has to be. This is it, man. This is yeah. my story. I'm sticking with it. And then I think it's at that point that Sherry says to them that Montag's trying, planning to do a fire trick on her show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then she, yeah, because now it's setting up to the point that, you know, he's about to be on television 
for his big performance that he wants to give. Yeah. Lead detective immediately wants her to be the volunteer, basically. Or yeah, so, I wrote down be the victim because that's obvious what's happening. Well, and yeah. they don't know how to stop it. They think they can stop it this time. But, but yeah, they have no clue of what, what the hell is in store for them. But yeah, they, they set her up as, as the, uh, the patsy to go in and be the female assistant on stage. And this is also the first time in the movie that I 100% caught that her name was Sherry. <laughs> yeah, and the only reason I knew that her name was Sherry is because I looked up uh, uh, notes and actors' notes beforehand, so I already knew what her name was before I had to rewatch it. But yeah, it doesn't really it doesn't pretend a lot to who these people are specifically. So we know who they are, but not necessarily by name. So then it's what like the night before the show, mm-hmm. and her and Jack are together again, and they're in. Are they already in bed, or do we see them go to bed? I think yeah, they're already in bed. I think, I think you're right. I think they are in bed. And there's like elevator sex music for them. Yep. And she... Basically, basically he's voicing his concern. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's starting to say like, look, look, you know, this Montag, this is what's going to happen or could, could happen. I might not see, ever see you again. She's like, well, let me entice you just in case... This in is, case you don't see me again. In case you don't see me again, big boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then she bugs out in the morning because she has to be there early. Yeah, so, exactly. So she's leaving to get, you know, ready for for the whole show, etc. And, uh, yeah, then this is when he sees blood again on his hand. Right, I was about to say, and then he gets the blood hand again. Yeah, so he's starting to see the blood hand. And, um, you know, which is interesting because it doesn't really explain a whole lot what the blood hand really means. Other than the fact that you know there's blood on their hand, that, whether it's there or not. Right. They see it. Yeah. I mean, with her, it kind of makes sense because she actually had yeah. blood on her hand. I can I totally know. understand his, but not with his. Maybe be just because he's with Cherry. Right. Maybe well, and then that leads into the next part because then we have Montag on the show. Exactly. He's on the show and he's discussing uh, everything that's going on. Yeah. And what what's reality? What's not? Like like we've been hearing him go on and on about the entire movie. Basically. Yeah. So, so he's he's going right back with the theme of what this whole movie's about is. Is this real? Is this fantasy? And I mean, she was supposed to be the volunteer, but he doesn't even ask for a volunteer. No. He's like, you're all going to be part of this. Everybody that's viewing is a participant in yeah. this, this illusion. Uh, and he hypnobrows. I mean, the way they frame it for once is that it seems like he's supposed to be like talking to the viewer, too. Like, it's oh, supposed yeah. to be extra creepy. Like, yeah, so he's, he's not only talking to the people... At the studio with Sherry and all the, you know. The audience in general. That's exactly. us, too. Yeah, like, that's including you and I. Exactly. So it's everybody who's watching. And he hypnobrows us. And he hypnobrows the hell out of me. Uh, and it kind of, it, at that point, everything that he was doing and getting everybody in on it and, and sucking them all under his control to do whatever the fuck it was that he was about to do. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, like, a Batman Forever. Okay, yeah. The Riddler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Jim Carrey Riddler? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, with his fucking Nigma device and shit. It kind of reminded me of that. I'm yeah, like, some of the dialogue. And this yeah. guy's kind of like, you know, chewing the scenery too and yep. being larger than life. Like, this is cool. Like, uh, he ha- He's trying to serve a purpose. He's got a, he's got a larger than life persona. Uh, but everybody that's watching that's in tra- they, they is in trance prey. now, and all their hands are bleeding. Yeah, all their hands are bleeding. Uh, I think it shows some of the guys... That are, um, I guess, working in the in in the studio, they kind of prop up, hypnotized, and you see blood flowing from their hands. Now, when he started doing this, Jack, 
who was viewing with a couple of his journo buddies yep. looks away. Yeah, he he's not interested at all in what he has to say. Kind of looks like he's yawning a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean, he had a long night having sex. Yeah, I mean, this guy he's bone dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he <laughs> he he's fucking he's fucking tired. <laughs> like literally fucking tired. Uh, uh, but yeah, like see, he, like he doesn't give any credence to what Montag has, has has to say. He's heard it all before. So. He's just like, cool, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. And he looks over and he sees his buddy's hands bleeding. And this is another, I think, point in the film where you see how bad this guy's acting is. Yeah. It's, it's really shitty. It's really shitty, this scene. He decides, cool, I'm going to go fucking, I got to head down to the studio. I got to stop this shit. Montag's going to fucking kill everybody. Yeah. Like, cause I, he's starting to go off about, like... Join hands and go into the yeah, fire. Yeah, locking hands in unison. Journey into the inferno. Yeah, and that's what he calls it, the inferno. And basically, it's just a couple of, you know, these apply boards. Yeah, it's a bunch of planks. Yeah, exactly. But then you start seeing the reality, and there, I mean, there's fire. He just, boom, he snaps inferno. his finger. Yeah, boom, got it. I'd say it was a, a meager bonfire at best, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> join camp, with me into the camp. meager bonfire. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It, it is funny, like I said, and, uh, so at that point... Um, like I said, after Jack is trying to snap his, his journal buddies out of it, uh, Montag has got Sherry and some of the detectives locked hands. Right. Leading which, them into I thought the that was funny because beforehand they were like, oh, we're going to be there right beside you. Let's see what he does. And he's, yeah. those are the three. He's just like, uh, by the way, like we're walking into the inferno. You guys come on up. Come, come on fire stage. walk with me. Yeah, exactly. That's a good, good one. I like that. Uh, but yeah, he does. He he's like Montag's got his victims, and everybody's going into the inferno. Uh, and then the boyfriend manages to make his way into the studio. Oh yeah, well, you like know, he right, has to. I think right before that, yeah, like he, you see him banging on like the studio, the the, the fucking huge ass door. Right, it was like a garage door, basically. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, come on, Jack, man, you're not getting that fucking thing. No, but it was a big sliding. Exactly, like like I think a garage door would be a good way to explain. It. That's what it looked like. Uh, but he manages to get in. Yeah, he gets in. Um, not sure how exactly. Yeah. In the time frame. But he pops in and he gives Montag a shove. He gives him a, a nice little... Uh, and Montag sort of like soccer flops into the fire. Uh, yeah, man. He did his his, his best, uh, yeah, his best flopping. <laughs> that's, that's a Montag soccer dive. flops into the fire and burns to a crisp. Everybody oh, man. snaps he, out of it. He incinerates fast, man. Like Everybody's that. just like... Oh shit! What was that? Oh, that was weird. That was weird. Back to back to watching TV, I suppose. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, because then yeah, they snap out of it. You know, I guess they're tying loose ends together, figuring out what's happening. And at this point, I was just like, okay, cool. So fucking Sherry and Jack have back to back lines where I'm like, these have to be fucking famous last words. Yeah, because Sherry's like, oh, his power must have died with him. <laughs> just about like that by the way yeah like my acting right there was on par you know what and he's I like memorize these lines well it's over now <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's over yeah it, it you know that's like so that's that's the thing about this film man is like you're not you're not gonna get a-list celebrities on this but no. you'll get one-liners like that cool yeah exactly so whatever that's over everyone thinks it's over he doesn't automatically come back to life, and I'm like, huh, maybe not famous last words. Yeah. And then it pops to a scene of those two together. Yeah, you know, they're enjoying drinks, you know, like they, they've solved the, the mystery of Montag. 
And she just starts throwing out a shit ton of questions. Yeah. She's still, she, I guess much like the viewer, like she has unanswered questions about She's what like, the fuck just what happened. about this? What about that? Yeah. Fucking, I didn't write them down. I just wrote, she starts fucking going. No, she does. She's like very, 20 uh, questions. She like, does. She, she's very inquisitive. Like there's a lot of unanswered questions. Of which what there is. Happened. She, yeah. she points out every plot hole in the movie. Yeah, she does. And I mean, maybe that's why we don't see her in any other movies. She's like, all right, bitch. Uh, <laughs> You know, you got too many questions. Uh, but they're sitting there, and Jack starts peeling out his face. Yeah, he does. It's um, you see like a little flap of. Like, it looks bad, especially yeah, oh, compared oh, to the rest of the gore effects in this movie. Exactly. So yeah, he peels away his face, and it's to, Montag. To yeah, to reveal that it was it's Montag. This is an, another illusion. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's like okay, cool tw- uh, plot twist. Wait, by the way. We said nonsensical plot twist. That's oh, just yeah. the plot twist. Oh, yeah. We're no, getting no. there. We're not there yet. This is, yeah, this is a whole unraveling. So then uh, something else about this just being a dream again. I mean, yeah, Montag he's, is he's kind of a broken record on yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, you know, this is all a part of the illusion, the dream, the effect, the blah, blah, blah. And, and he, he just go- attacks her. He, yeah, he does. He attacks her. I thought for a moment maybe we were going to see some boob because I saw him jostling with the bra. There I, there might have been like a quarter second yeah, uh, maybe of stained nipple. Yeah, but not enough to entice the senses. No, no, no. Which, once again, if it was the 80s. Definitely. You would have seen him fully. Uh, but he just rips into her chest. Yeah, no, he's... He just he's, starts ripping chunks out of her. He is. He's disemboweling her, just like all his previous victims, I suppose. Right. So... Spoiler, I mean, I guess not spoiler alert, but... Yeah, because okay, we're so nowhere... Nonsensical twist alert. Yeah, so she turns the script on him. She starts to laugh, almost mockingly. She start, just starts laughing at his ass. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck is going on? He And she explains, you're the illusion. Yeah. I'm you. Exactly, and now... You're you, something I've created. You don't even exist right you now. You don't even exist... You screwed this up, and now you'll have to restart. All over again. And then, yeah, so another twist to the twist is it starts where the movie started. It ends where the movie started, with him giving his monologue. And he's back on stage. Yep. And her and Jack are back in the crowd. Exactly. Which I think this is... I I like these lines, though, that that are coming up between the two. Uh, Or at least what she says to Jack at the end. Oh, right. Uh, I mean, I'll let you... Yeah, no, so, so yeah, like, so, so, so it goes from Sherry explaining that Montag is all an illusion created by her, who is Montag. Yeah, uh, she's, so she's Montag. Her, yeah, who's. <laughs> but he's Montag. Yeah, exactly. I also, because he is just a creation by her. Exactly. Is this reality? Is, is this a dream? What is perception? So, yeah, making long story short. Um, she looks over at Jack because they're in the audience, you know, mm-hmm. participants, and she says, "You know what, Jack? You know what I think?" And he's like, "He's like, what's that?" She's like, "I think he's a phony, right?" Uh... <laughs> but singer, yeah. And then so then you get that kaleidoscope ending effect, right? It, yeah, kaleidoscopes and spins out. Yeah, you know, like yeah, the end. Ah, like well, it it's reminds not the me end. Of... It was the end. Dot yeah. dot dot. Or is it the beginning? Or is it the beginning? Yeah, because it does. It it ends with his monologue as, you know, the same way that it starts mm-hmm. with the premise of reality and your dream state and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I thought 
I thought it was interesting. It was, it was it, like I said, a nonsensical twist. I mean, but, but it's still... They, it's they're still talking about it the entire time. I exactly. guess they... You know, what if you die, you wake up or whatever, and that's just the beginning of the dream or whatever. Yeah, which is... And like, which it is, ties into that beginning speech, but yeah. there's not really things that really overtly hint at it in the movies no. other than his insane ramblings. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's basically his... I think his whole concept was just to give you the idea that, you know, it's all about perception, whether it's reality or illusion, whatever. It's how you perceive it. Right. Um, I am I am curious now about checking out the remake at some point, yeah, but I, mean, I have to admit it's still not the highest up on my list. I nah. mean, there's other things I want to get to, but... But yeah, like I said, I think after watching a film like this, if you're interested in seeing how the remake um, either gives, you know, a different twist to it or, you know, maybe gives you some, some other answers that weren't you know, um, given in, in the original, maybe you'll get it with this one. I mean, the remake has Crispin Glover, Crispin so it Glover. has to be better acted. Yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, I was looking at some of the actors and actresses, and it's like, I'm familiar with them. There's Bijou Phillips and right. Kit Pardue, and they're all, they've all been in either horror movies or relevant films that we've all seen. If you're in your 20s or 30s, you're probably familiar with these actors. Right, so it has to be better acted. And that's a plus right yeah. there. Oh, yeah, and you know the budget's going to uh, be I would a imagine, more. I would imagine the gore isn't as well done. I, I would imagine it would technically you know, look better, but, but yeah, I, I, don't I think, think it would relatively. Be, yeah, no. They weren't using the same props and effects. There's no way. I think it. That's why I think it would be good to watch it again to see, uh, yeah, the gore effects that they were using in the remake. Because, yeah, it's, it's really hard to fully explain how good the gore in this movie truly is. Yeah, like, no, they did as, a good job. as much as you can tell as it's fake. Yeah. He brings you into it. Like, the the guy's known for this for a reason. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, even the times where you can see what the trick is that he's using to make it look like he's pulling intestines out of his stomach or whatever, he's using, like, sheep intestines. Oh, yeah. And they're covered in really good-looking blood. And with the way the movie's already presented to you and being slightly off-kilter, anything's that maybe don't quite match up with reality are at least consistent with that filter. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, that's why it was it was cool to see, you know, going from seeing what Montag was doing and his perception of what was going on to the audience perception, you know, so it kind of, it, it does, it tinkers back and forth between what is, what are we seeing actually? Right. Um, I mean, uh, I didn't really have anything else that really this brought to mind. Uh, I think it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's one of his later works. Yeah, because he had been delving into this probably what since the fifties, early sixties, yeah. something like that. Um, and I'd say a lot of his other works are are maybe a little bit more influential. Two Thousand Maniacs, always yeah, that's pops definitely to mind. one that'll be on there. Um, what you said is was it uh, Blood Feast? Yeah, Blood Feast. That's definitely um, on there. She Devil on uh, on Wills. I think like Paint but, Me Blood Red or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, there's there's several. I mean, something weird. I think was probably the first one I'd seen. I uh, got myself familiar with, and then Gore 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 Girls. Right. Uh, the, I mean, the, this. I mean, I think the other than the remake, the big t- cultural milestone for Wizard of Gore is that it was mentioned in Juno. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was a scene between uh, Ellen Page and. Uh, uh, I can't remember the actor's name that portrays her father. He's he's pretty well known. Uh, uh, it's is people, relevant, really, but... it's, the internet is going to yell at us for spacing on this right nah, now. Okay, but, but whatever, we're sorry. We spaced. We, we both always... know who he is. We're imagining him in our head. We've seen Juno. Yes, we've seen it. Yeah, we've we seen know. his other works. We know the but films. We've been talking about shit for 
an hour and a half now and the brain starts to yeah because we're not really focused on this particular person but make a long story short yeah there's there's a part in the film and you know where they're you know uh referencing this film right exactly so that's cool so it does have a uh there yeah, you go it's still, trivia. It, it's still relevant in in uh you know popular movies within but, the last several years but as we pointed out splatter in general is very much uh, a touchstone a, a keystone category within oh, within know. horror yeah and like, like that's that's why i thought it was it was a good film to, to uh to delve into because like so there's splatter effects to it it gives you an idea of of what he was about what her, you know gordon lewis was about well and even even with the first flick we did with reanimator yeah. parts of that owe directly to earlier oh, splatter absolutely. cinema absolutely all uh, all the gore in that was done in a style known a little bit more as splat stick which you're going to see in like uh brain dead and stuff uh, yeah that's a good point um and that all is once again directly derived from older splatter cinema yeah so yeah like i said it, it's a it's a good way to get back to the origins of how this this offshoot of the genre started and who was the godfather the godfather who, gore yeah who brought it to the film and yeah everybody who's who's used slashing, uh, splatter effects, etc. owes a, a lot uh, to Gordon Lewis. Right. Um, so it's sad that he's no longer with us, but he gave us some great stuff. Yeah, he, you know, he, he had a good run. I think he was, uh, what, maybe born in the 20s. So, yeah. you know, he, he had a good run. And he, uh, he gave a, a certain um, time frame in, in horror... Uh, you know, some some push. He was helping future generations of, of people who want to get gore and, like I said, splatter slash films. He gave them something to build on. Right, and uh, hopefully you en- enjoyed or will enjoy Wizard of Gore like we did. Yeah, like I said, I think it's one of those films where if you're wanting to, to get into, like I said, if you want to see how some of the, the early beginnings of this genre started, um, you might want to delve into some of his films because this is the person who, who brought it to the forefront. Right, and um, trying to think what else. Uh, like we said, we will be doing Phantasm next time. Yeah, Phantasm. Um, one and then after that, favorites. after that, I, it's probably up for grabs a little bit. Yeah, we'll um, we'll discuss a little bit more in depth. Probably when when we're talking about Phantasm, so right. we have more ideas at that point. We're probably not always going to know what to what we're going to do when we're recording yeah, the that's episode. That's the fun of it because there's there's a lot to choose from. But when we know, we'll let you know yeah, so that I mean, you guys we'll can plan to. Yeah, heads up exactly. Um if there's anything you would like, yeah, like to, said, to hear us do, we are always up for, you know, to to take requests. Absolutely. I mean, just cuz you request it doesn't necessarily mean we'll do it, but But you know what? I mean, there might be some like, films that we don't know about. If so a million yeah. of you <laughs> cuz we have a million listeners. Yeah, absolutely. We do. <laughs> if a million of you suddenly were like Hey, do Final Destination 3. Yeah. I mean, I'm up for it. I mean, I enjoy the Final Destination films, yeah. Right. We would be like, well, okay, I guess we're doing yeah. Final Destination 3 like, if so a million it, of you, you want know, to hear and it. I will say this, too, is like because um, for me, like I said, it just depends on how, how far you want to go into horror. Because I, I like pushing the envelope, you know, to the points where it's like... All right, I'm actually watching. You know, whatever the fuck this is, I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not afraid to delve into like some some obscuro, you know, some you know some stuff that uh, most people wouldn't wouldn't watch. Right. So, but you know, there there is a there is a thin line, or you know, between that and watching like real snuff and you know just yeah. execution and the stuff. Like I'm not really interested in that, man. So if that's if that's your thing, yeah, you're not gonna get a lot a big response from me. 
you can you can request things of us yeah, by absolutely. Uh, emailing us. Yeah. We have uh, squirmcast at gmail. At gmail. Uh, that's S-Q-U-I-R-M-C-A-S-T yeah, at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at our Facebook. Yeah. Uh, just search for Fried Squirms. It'll we'll be, be a fried podcast. Squirms. Yeah. We'll um, have links up here, you know, right, not though, too long. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, another place you can find us is at our website, uh, www.friedsquirms.com. Yeah. Uh, you can always stream us from there uh, or on your SoundCloud. We will, yeah, be, we'll on be, there. We'll be on there as well. And shortly after, uh, we once this episode's online, you'll be able to hear us at all those places for sure. And uh, sometime very shortly after that, you will be able to subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Yeah, so we're, we're just, trying to make sure that it's, it's accessible whichever route you want to go to. Right, just search for Fried Squirms. And, I mean, you can also, I mean, as far as, like, the Facebook goes, you can always leave us comments there as yeah. well, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I, mean, we're, we're, I mean, you people, if you're already listening to a podcast, I'm assuming you're tech-savvy enough to be able to figure out these different ways to leave yeah, us and we'll, information. Yeah, we'll make it easily accessible in, the, in case you're not as savvy. But um, there's, like I so said, there'll, there'll be several ways where you can hear us, communicate with us, and leave us feedback. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Right. So uh, next time will be Phantasm. After that's up for grabs. But until yeah. then, you guys all have wonderful lives. Yeah. And uh, like I said, if, you, if you're interested in this film, say check it out. And uh, we look forward to, to doing more.